The Tennis Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gam Podcast are now presented by Shady Rays. SGPN is teaming up with Shady Rays for Shady May. Get 50% off your Shady Rays using promo code SGPN and then go to sportsgampodcast.com slash shady for your chance to win $500. We're also brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgampodcast.com slash edge to get started today. Welcome, everybody, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast here in the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is currently early Wednesday morning, May 17th, and I'm your host, as always, Scott Rochelle, once again going solo for this pod. Should be a fun episode. We have four matches to go through because it is quarterfinal time in Rome, and the story of the tournament was really turned on its head over the past couple of days. At first, the story was the fact that the favorites kept winning, and it seemed like we were potentially going to see an Alcaraz versus Djokovic finale in the final of the event. And then all the upsets happened at once, starting off with Alcaraz, who ended up losing in shocking fashion to Morozin. And if you don't know who Morozin is, that's okay, because most people didn't either before this tournament started, as he ended up pulling off the shocking upset, went through qualifying to get there, and then he managed to beat Alcaraz in straight sets, 6-3-7-6, a couple days ago. Very impressive showing. It wasn't a fluke win by any means. Morozin simply put outplayed Alcaraz. I believe Alcaraz was minus 5,000, or even minus 10,000 at some spots, and he ended up losing outright. Morozin was roughly 22 to 1, or maybe a little bit higher in some spots, but it was one of the biggest upsets imaginable, especially this year, and it's going to be pretty tough to beat. But the point is, Morozin really showed his skills, tells you how deep the overall ATP level is, because Morozin is ranked in the hundreds, and he definitely looked like he was a top 50 caliber player on that day, especially. And Alcaraz, despite uh, battling, and hanging around, Morozin was very good on the drop shots, very aggressive in the points, and most importantly, he did not really blink. I know he was up a break in the second set, which he gave up, but still, uh, he's ended up rallying and keeping his nerve, trailed 4-1 to one in the tiebreaker, and then ended up winning the final six points of the breaker to win the second set 7, uh, to win 7-4 in the second set breaker. But that's where I wanted to start off with because that was one of the most shocking upsets we've had in the ATP Tour for a while. And I wanted to give him his flowers. Unfortunately, he's no longer in the event because he did lose to Chorich the day after in three sets. So that's a bit unfortunate, but still. Point is, he made a name for himself and I wanted to give him a shout out there. But most importantly, Alcaraz is out. And then that translated or carried over into the upsets that we saw on Tuesday because you had... Both Sinner and Rublev losing in a deciding set. Sinner was relatively shocking because, of course, he is the home country guy, and he did win the first set against Rundolo before getting buried 6-2-6-2 in the final two sets. And Rublev lost the first set, won the second one, and then lost the third one. Hoffman has been playing good tennis on clay all year long, and I guess that one is still a, it's still a surprise because Rublev is still a top 10 guy in the world. But as a result, our outrights pretty much went up in flames, which is unfortunate, at least for the overall outright winners for some of the quarter stuff we still have some available plays but still point is should be a fun tournament moving forward and i at least wanted to cover the upsets that we saw both on monday and tuesday but i actually want to briefly recap how we did on the first episode for the tournament 
in the outrights and preview episode because for the lock and dog picks, we ended up chopping, ended up winning the lock with Arnaldi on the money line at around minus 160 against Schwartzman. It's a bit juicy, but then again, it's against Schwartzman, so you can argue it should be a lot higher. Wasn't easy. Ended up going three sets, but Arnaldi got it done. Got up a break early in the third, held on to it the entire way, and then broke just to win the end, just uh, to win the final game of the match for the fun of it, but ended up winning the lock there. For the dog, not so lucky as we had Gasquet to win in straight sets against Yibbing. Yibbing was brutal on clay the entire year, and then Gasquet went up a set, and we thought, okay, probably cruising to a sweep. And then Gasquet struggled in the second and third sets as Yibbing really turned it up a notch and Yibbing kind of mopped the floor with him as the match went on. So either way, ended up splitting and look for a sweep here on the Wednesday-Thursday card. And that's going to segue us into the actual previews for the matches. The game plan, we're going to go through all four matches and talk about my favorite plays on each. And then we'll go through the lock and dog picks for my favorite bets on the actual schedule. But for the schedule... I do want to at least discuss the layout because there are going to be two matches on Wednesday and two matches on Thursday. So the spacing is a little bit weird, but I wanted to make that clear. So if you were expecting to see Medvedev and Hoffman or Chorich or and uh, Sitsipas, you're going to have to wait another day because those two matches are on Thursday. But for Wednesday's card, we do have Rune against Djokovic as the early match at 7 a.m. Eastern time on Wednesday. And then you also have Sarandolo against Rude. So you can make a serious case the two best matches are actually going to be in the Wednesday card. I think the Chorich-Sitsipas match should be fun. But the point is... There is some high-quality tennis left to be played, so let's stop stalling and let's get into it. Starting off in chronological order with the Rune and Djokovic match, Djokovic is a favorite of minus 290 on the money line. Rune is around plus 245. Djokovic for the spread is minus 3.5 games at minus 120, and Rune is plus 3.5 games at even money. If you want the over-under, the over is 21.5 at minus 120. Under is 21.5 at even money. Alternative lines, you have 22.5. Overs plus 105. Under is minus 135. If you want it to go to three sets, you can get that at plus 150. And straight sets is a minus 180. And if you want to get Rune to win a set, it is minus 120 compared to Djokovic's minus 110. So Rune is expected to win a set in this match based on the odds. I'm not sure if a lot of you would agree with that, but that's at least where it's priced. And I think it's pretty reasonable. Now, Djokovic did have a nice, easy straight set win against Nori even though there was a little bit of drama there when Rune ended up hitting a slam right into Djokovic's leg when he probably got hit into the open court. Djokovic seemed a bit annoyed, but he kept his nerve and ended up winning the match comfortably. Then again, I've kind of roasted Rune, uh, not Rune, sorry, roasted Nori for the last couple of weeks on clay for being a bit underwhelming. But to go through the head-to-head meetings, they did face off twice on hard courts. They faced off in the U.S. Open in 2021, and Djokovic ended up winning in four sets, then ended up facing off in 2022 in the Masters 1000 final in Paris, and you ended up seeing Rune win that one in three sets, coming back from a set down, and as a result, I think we all know that Rune has shown he can give Djokovic problems. Now, the problem is they have never faced off on clay before, but Rune is, I'd say, the most comfortable on clay of any surface, at least in his own, uh, I'd say, career. He's pretty good on hardcore, don't get me wrong but I think clay, we can all agree, is his best surface. So I do think that Rune can make life difficult for Djokovic here. The odds seem fair to me at 
three and a half for games, and once again, Rune to win a set is uh, minus 120. I think that's pretty fair because, once again, Djokovic, despite beating Nori in straight sets yesterday, did struggle a bit with Echeverry and did go to three sets against Dimitrov. So Djokovic has looked fine. He hasn't looked dominant by any means at any point this year on clay. But, of course, he's the favorite to win the event now because Alcaraz is out. But I do think you can see Rune give him problems. Now, Rune did go to three sets yesterday against Papyron. So fatigue could be an issue because he was on the court for roughly three hours. I think it was three hours exactly, while Djokovic was only on the court for an hour and a half. So Djokovic should be more rested. I do think Rune could jump him early. So keep an eye on Rune first set, potentially. I think Djokovic wins the match, but I do think it's going to be very competitive. Uh, we have futures on both guys to win their quarters. So I guess we're rooting for Rune uh, because that was around three to one and Djokovic was even money to win the quarter. But I do think that Djokovic will win. I think it'll be competitive. I think Rune has a very good chance to win a set, but I do think Djokovic eventually wears him down. And Rune, especially facing a really difficult task of battling one of the best rallyers of all time following a three-hour match, We've seen Rune have cramping issues in the past, so I am concerned about the durability throughout this potential war. I'll lean to Djokovic to get the job done, but I do think that Rune keeps it close, and I am going to lean to the over in this match as a result. But moving on to the uh, later match on Wednesday between Rude and Sarundalo, and this line is a lot closer, and it should be. Rude is around minus 154 on the money line. Sarundalo is around plus 134. If you want to go for the actual spread here, Rude is minus two and a half games at even money. Sarundalo is plus two and a half games at minus 120, and the over-under is at 22 and a half, minus 110 on each side. If you want some multiple lines, you can get Rude minus one and a half games at minus 125. Sarundalo plus one and a half games at minus 105. And you can get an alternative over at plus 110 for the over 23 and a half games. Under is minus 140. And if you want the match to go three, you can get that at plus 125. And the under, so the match to end in straight sets, is minus 155. So go through the head-to-head here. Uh, Sarundo has actually had a lot of success against Rude, especially on clay. They've played three times, all relatively recent. Uh, first meeting was on hard court in Miami in 2022, and Rude won that one in straight sets. However, they did play in two clay events since then. They played in Bastad in 2022, and Sarandolo won that one in three sets. And they also played in Barcelona earlier this year, and Sarandolo won that one 7-6-6-3. So you're going to be getting an underdog price of around plus 134 with a guy that is 2-0 in the clay head-to-head. I think there's value. Now, the argument is Sarandolo did go to three sets in yesterday's match against Sinner, while Rude dominated the Jeer, so he has a lot more rests, so that could be a bit of an issue if the match goes along. But I do think there's value on the over in this match. Sarundalo's path has been a long one. Each of the first three matches he's been in in this event have gone to three sets, and he's also lost the first set in each of those matches. Beat Sinner, despite losing the first set in a tiebreaker. Beat Barreri, despite losing the first set in a tiebreaker. And beat Yibbing, despite losing the first set 6-4. So Sarundalo has been very good, at picking himself up after facing some adversity. The problem is he does dig himself some holes, and I do think that Rude could jump on him early since Rude has won each of the first three first sets in this tournament, and he's actually won each of the last two first sets 6-1. So Rude has gotten off to some very good starts, and you might be able to find some value on Rude first set, maybe on a spread, but I am tempted by the over. Uh, two and a half sets here. I think you're going to see a bit of a war here, and I do think it might follow a similar path to the Bastad match from last year. 
where Rude ends up getting himself into a bit of a war, but I do think you're going to end up seeing Sarundalo potentially get it done, but I can really see a battle. It was 7-5 in the third set there. I can potentially see a third set breaker, maybe a 6-4 final set, but I like the over. I think you'll see a lot of games, and I think you'll see a lot of ebbs and flows for both players in this match. So give me the over in this one, and I am going to link to Sarundalo money line just based on the overall value, getting a guy that's 2-0 on clay in the head-to-head at plus money. So that's going to wrap it up for the actual Wednesday matches. Now it's time to get into the Thursday matches. And you have two pretty hefty favorites right around the same price point. Medvedev is minus, one eight, uh, is minus 382. Hoffman is plus 302. For the actual spreads here, you have Medvedev at around minus 3.5 at minus 140. And you have Hoffman at plus 3.5 at plus 110. If you want an alt line, you can get Medvedev minus four and a half at plus 115. Hoffman at plus four and a half at minus 135. The over-under is 20 and a half. Over is minus 140. Under is plus 110. Alt line, you can get 21 and a half. And the over and under are both at minus 110. So to briefly look at the paths of both players, bit interesting because Medvedev has had a pretty easy go of it so far. And Hoffman's had a bit of a war here and there. But Medvedev, I'll give him props because in the past, he's been really bad on clay. This year, he has definitely looked a lot more comfortable on clay. So far, Medvedev has only dropped one set, ended up beating Rusevori comfortably in the first round, beats Apatamarais in three after dropping the first set, and beats Verev in straight sets yesterday. Meanwhile, you have Hoffman, who's played a bunch of tennis because he went through qualifying, but he got through qualifying, then he ended up beating Jari, beat Fritz in straight sets. Very impressive win there, 6-4, 6-1. Then beat Kecinato in three, and then beat Rublev in three. So I do really like the form that Hoffman's in, and I think he might be alive to win this match because Hoffman's got a lot of firepower. Medvedev, we know, wants to play defensive. He's still not insanely comfortable on clay, but he's been more comfortable on clay than in years past. I think I am going to link to Hoffman plus four and a half games. He's a good server, and I do think his firepower can definitely overwhelm Medvedev at times. Not to the same degree as Karatsev, for example, who beat Medvedev in straight sets about a week or two ago. But it's a similar game plan. I think Hoffman can make this match interesting, and I do think four and a half games seems a little bit too large here since Hoffman has the game to really push Medvedev around the court. I'm going to go with Hoffman plus the games here. Do I think he wins the match? Probably not, but I do think it's going to be close, and I think the value would be on Hoffman at around 3-1. to one. So I'm going to lean that way. I do like the over uh, for Hoffman personal games at 10.5 at minus 110. That number feels a bit low. You could see a breaker in this. It wouldn't shock me, but I am going to take the games here. With Hoffman, I think that number should be closer to three and a half. And I think four and a half at minus 135 is worth the juice. But moving on to the final match of the quarters, going to look at a matchup between Chorich and Sitsipas. And this one should be a fun one because historically speaking, they have had their fair share of wars. And both guys have looked really good so far in this event. So starting off with the actual path for both players, Chorich ended up beating Montero in three, beat Baina in straight sets, and then beat Morozin, the guy who beat Alcaraz, which we talked about before, in the last round. Tsitsipas, though, has been on cruise control, has won every set. couple of long sets, though, beat Borges 6-3-6-3, beat Sonigo 6-3-7-6, and beat Musetti 7-5-7-5. Those two wins, the last two wins, impressed me. 
from Tsitsipas. I know that Musetti and Sonigo are a bit inferior in terms of talent. However, both of them are Italian. So Tsitsipas did have to face off against a hostile crowd, which was basically cheering for those two guys entirely. And Tsitsipas got through it. Meanwhile, you're looking at the actual head-to-head between these players. And it has been a very, very even battle. So starting off with the first matchup, they faced off in Rome, actually. This event in 2018 got through five games and George had to retire. Faced off in the U.S. Open in 2020. George ended up winning that one in five. Faced off in Cincinnati. George won that one in straight sets. Faced off in Vienna. And George won that one in three. Faced off in... Uh, the United Cup earlier this year, and Tsitsipas won that one in three. So how much of that can actually be used for this match? Not sure, because all of those matches were on hard court except for five games of Rome before uh, before uh, Chorich had to end up retiring. So I do think that you're going to end up seeing Tsitsipas look sharp in this match. Chorich is a good too, though. I am going to look at the over. In this match, I know once again, it's different in clay to hard court, but you've seen three of the four completed matches between these guys go the distance, whether it was grand slams or in two out of three. And one of the only ones that didn't was a straight set win for Chorich. But once again, that did go to a tiebreaker in the first set. So there have been a couple of long matches between these guys. I think you're going to see another one now for the actual price here. I do think Chorich plus the three and a half games makes sense. I think the over makes sense. However, my favorite play in this actual match is going to be the over two and a half sets at plus 160. Plus 160 is a crazy one. Looking at the actual set breakdown for spread, Chorich to win a set is minus 105, and Sitsipas to win in straight sets is minus 125. So it's basically a pick 'em for Sitsipas to win this one in straight sets. And yet the over two and a half sets is plus 160. No offense to Chorich. I'm not picking him to win in straight sets. So I think Sitsipas should, keyword should, win at least a set. And I think that Chorich is good enough to make this interesting. I think Sitsipas is going to win. So consider Sitsipas in three. But I do think that over two and a half sets at plus 160 is a really good value play. Once again, for three of the four head-to-head meetings going the distance, I'm going to take the over, and I'm going to hope that this match goes three. But that's going to wrap it up for the actual previews for the quarterfinal matches. Now it's time for the Lock and Dog picks, but of course, you can intend to that kind of a quick word from our sponsor. We are brought to you by EdgeBoost. SGPN is excited to announce an exclusive early access partnership with EdgeBoost, the world's first bet now, pay later Visa card. Similar to bet now, pay later programs like Affirm and Afterpay, EdgeBoost enables you to double your bet with no interest and pay back the advance over four equal weekly installments. That's right, 0% interest. Simply deposit funds into your account and EdgeBoost will match the deposit so you can use two times the funds on any legal sports book. And Edge is currently offering up to $2,500 in advances as you re- as you build a repayment history. My Edge Boost double down play of the day is going to be the Athletics team total over three and a half in their game against the Diamondbacks on Wednesday. But with the special offer, the first 500 SGPN users will start at a $1,000 advance limit, and the next 2,500 users will start at 500. Go to sportscampodcast.com slash edge to start to sign up today. That's sportscampodcast.com slash edge. Must be 21 or older to use only valid in legal gambling states. Problem gambler? Call one 800 Gambler. 
We're also brought to you by Shady Rays. Shady Rays is teaming up with SGPN for Shady May. Not only do you get an, an amazing 50% off deal, but you also have a chance to win $500. Shady Rays has you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized sunglasses and customizable snow goggles and much more. Shady Rays has durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. They also have the most insane protection and in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your shaders of confidence because they have your back long after purchase. And if you don't love them, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free. Within 30 days, no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. And for our international listeners, Shady Rays has you covered with shipping to Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and the UK. Go to ShadyRays.com and use the code SGPN for 50% off two pairs of power sunglasses. Then take your receipt to sportscampodcast.com slash Shady for your chance to win the $500 Shady May contest. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. Just been previewing the four quarterfinal matches in Rome. Now it's time for the lock and dog picks, starting off with the lock for the show. A couple ways I can go about this, but I am going to trust my instincts here, and I am going to go with Hoffman plus four and a half games against Medvedev at minus 135. Medvedev has been better on clay, but Hoffman has looked very comfortable in this entire event. Once again, he went through qualifying without dropping a single set. Then he was able to beat Kecinato. Uh, beat Rublev and beat Fritz. Went out of order, but the point is he's been really good against some good competition. Kecinato, despite not being the highest-ranked player, he's always a dangerous threat on clay, and Hoffman took care of him. But beating Fritz 6-4-6-1 and also beating Rublev in three, guys in good form. And Medvedev looking at his overall path, don't get me wrong, beating Zverev in straight sets is impressive, but he did drop a set to Zapata Marias. And he ended up looking a bit vulnerable at times. I think Hoffman has the firepower to make this match interesting. Am I picking him to win? I didn't say that. But Hoffman's a good server. And I do think he can sprinkle some volley games in there or volley strategies in there to keep Medvedev uncomfortable and to try to shorten the points. But I do think four and a half games a little bit too high since Medvedev has looked good. But I think he can still struggle at times on clay. Give me Hoffman using the Karatsev recipe to make this match interesting and give me Hoffman plus four and a half games as my lock at minus 135. And for my dog, I am going to go once again to the Thursday card. Going to look at the matchup between Chorich and Pass. Pure value play for me. Give me the over two and a half sets at plus 160. I thought about something with Sarandolo. I thought about maybe taking the over in two and a half sets there. But I decided since... This is, getting, this is getting posted relatively early in the morning on Wednesday. I wanted everybody to have ample time to get the bets in, so we're going to focus on the Thursday matches for the Lock and Dog segment. But I mentioned it before, they faced off five times, technically four, because once again, Chorich got injured roughly five games into the meeting in Rome. But they faced off four full matches, and three of the four went the distance, whether it was Grand Slam or in two out of three. I am aware that clay is a bit different, but Schwartz is a good here, and I do think that the overall just skill sets between these players clash quite nicely, and I think you can see a bit of a war here. So give me the over two and a half sets here at plus 160 for the value. I do think there is definitely a lot of meat on the bone there. Sissipas could win in straight sets, but I do think you'll see maybe a breaker. We saw Sissipas go 7-5, 7-5 against Musetti. So he has had a couple of long sets in there, and George has been to a couple of three-setters in this event. I think you're going to end up seeing a bit of a war here. 
give me the over two and a half set. So once again, the lock and dog picks for the Rome quarterfinals are going to be uh, the lock. Once again, is Hoffman plus four and a half games at minus 135. And the dog will be Chorich and Sitsipas over two and a half sets at plus 160. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Tennis Scaling Podcast. We'll back once again for the semis, which will be a Thursday night podcast because we have to wait for the Thursday matches to end, obviously, in the quarters. You can find me on Twitter, Right Show Radio. You can find me on the NBA show, the NFL show, and, of course, the startup of the WNBA show, which will be back once again for its second season. As if you didn't know, the season actually starts this weekend. So keep an eye out for women's basketball. But there will be a show pretty much every day with Terrell and I. So keep an eye out for that. But until next time, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.